Hi, welcome to the Grief Awakening Podcast. My name is Elise Duso, and I'm a grief coach and Reiki practitioner here in Nashville, Tennessee. I help guide others who are grieving to reignite their relationships with their loved ones on the other side, helping them ease the ache of grief. This is a podcast where we can have open conversations about grief and loss, mediumship, science, and I'll even tell you my story as a young widow. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit that follow button. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise. Enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Grief Awakening Podcast. Ooh, what a week it has been. I'm so glad it is finally Friday, the end of the week. Y'all, the weather has been crazy in Nashville where I'm at. I want to say like Monday morning or maybe even Tuesday morning, I literally had to defrost my car in the morning before I went outside. And then today it's 78 degrees. Like what? (laughs) How on earth does it get that warm that quickly? It seems like based on the weather in the next week or so, we're finally moving into spring here, which is awesome because we just had the spring equinox this year. I mean, sorry, this week, and we had a new moon as well. Um, I hope everyone had a restful and wonderful week so far and that you have a good weekend ahead. I um, put out a question box on my Instagram stories this week, and I believe I made a post about it as well. Today is a Q&A episode, which will be really fun. I've never done this on the podcast so far, and I feel like this is something that we could do maybe every couple of months or so, and um, I can answer some of your questions that I get over time, or I'll go ahead every, you know, maybe every quarter I'll put out that question box and we can go through some questions you guys are having about energy work or grief, um, intuitive questions you want answered. So I'm going to go through a couple of those today. Before I get into the questions, I wanted to mention again that I now offer one-hour intuitive readings. This is something I recently added to my booking, my offerings, and it is the same as the 30-minute that I was offering before, but I was finding that in the 30-minute reading, we were running out of time really quickly, wasn't able to get all the information out that I needed to to people that I was sitting with. So we went ahead and extended that to a full hour. And that will also include a Oracle card pull, a single Oracle card pull. So if that's something that you are interested in doing, you want to get your toes wet with energy work. It's also really fun to sit there and um, get to hear some information about yourself, maybe things that you have been thinking about doing or needing some validation on career path, questions, travel, all sorts of things like that, family life. That's kind of what we touch on in intuitive reading. Sometimes spirit comes through as well. I'll get to more on that later, but um, I'm really excited to be offering that. It's one of my favorite things to sit with you guys and do aside from Reiki. So I'm really looking forward to sitting with more of you uh, throughout the rest of this year. Okay, so some of the questions I got were more about intuition, signs, and also just personal questions. And then I only received one question seeking intuitive guidance. So I'm going to save that one for the end. So if you are the person who's listening and asked for that, ask that question, feel free to skip forward if you'd like to or listen through and we'll get to yours towards the end of the episode. But 
one of the first questions I received was, if someone is just starting the intuitive journey, where do you recommend they start? So this is a really good question. And I think when I was first starting out in this journey, I was kind of in the same place, like, where do I even start? I know that there's something here. I know that everything I'm seeing, feeling, and experiencing cannot just be happening to me only. And so I seeked out tons of resources, books, watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I think finding my mentor was a huge part of it and getting connected in with people in my community who are into the same things I'm into, energy work, um, sound baths, all the, all that kind of stuff. So one of the first resources I can point you to is um, there's this course by my mentor, Kim Salter, who we've had here on the podcast before, and it's called Igniting Intuition. I believe she offers it year round. I'm pretty sure it's just kind of like a a move at your own pace type of course. I highly recommend um, looking at looking into that and taking it. It kind of just is like a really great intro course to teach you how to recognize and listen to your own intuitive voice. And that's one of the first things I would tell you to start trying to do is just learning to acknowledge your own intuition. And what I mean by that is even something as simple as like when someone is asking you, like say you're going out with friends and someone's asking you, where do you want to go eat? Maybe you're going out for lunch or whatever. And in your mind, you have an, you have an answer that comes up almost immediately. Or maybe you're, you're fine with maybe two different choices. But instead, you know, our ego or human comes in, our people pleaser, whatever it is for you, comes in and says, um, I don't know, where would you like to go? Instead of listening to your own intuitive voice, you push it aside and let someone else choose for you. So a really great practice you can start doing is just whenever situations like that come up, practice listening to your intuition and actually acknowledging it and even speaking it out loud. So even like if you're uh, scrolling on Netflix and you're like, hmm, do I want to start that series or do I want to watch this movie? Ask yourself those questions, listen to your intuitive voice, your gut instinct, as people refer to it. And like when an answer comes up, just honor it and choose it. And I think this like kind of builds um, a sense of trust with your own intuitive voice. It almost like teaches your intuition that you're trustworthy and that you will always choose the intuitive option, the, the gut instinct that comes up. So I think situations where you're with other people and someone's asking your opinion on something or what you you would like to do are really good first steps. Like that's such a simple thing that you can do and like just take more recognition of when you have something come up or you actually have an opinion or you have that little gut instinct that comes through and choosing to listen to it instead of pushing it aside and saying something different. Or choosing something different. And I know that sounds so simple. <laughs> and it's not always easy. It's really hard for us to break our our habits that we have learned to grow with, our coping mechanisms, our people-pleasing patterns, all of that. I'm a recovering people-pleaser, so I understand. I think my entire life growing up, if someone in the car, like family dinner, asked me, oh, where would you like to go? I'd be like, 
I don't know, you know, you guys can choose, even though I did have a preference. You know, that's just a funny example that I'm going with here, but it's just, it's the perfect example too, because it's so simple. It's so simple. Just like, listen to your inner voice. What do you truly want? Um, so definitely check out Igniting Intuition. I'll leave the link for it in the show notes. And then if you are someone who is moving through grief and you are kind of just starting to notice and feel and sense different things around you, things surrounding your loved one, um, getting different feelings that you've never had before. Maybe you're wanting to learn how to ask for signs or learn more about how they show up. I would recommend looking into reading Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. I've mentioned that book several times on this podcast. Um, You can also jump back to, I think it's episode three or four, where I talk about signs and how to ask for one. So I will leave those resources in the show notes. And then let's see here. Okay, and this is a perfect segue into our next question that I received which is someone asked, sometimes do you think the sign you just saw you made up in your head to feel better and is not real? Hmm. When I read this question, I immediately just felt that deep emotion in my heart from the person who asked this question. I can feel the grief and sadness behind this question. And maybe I'm making up that story in my head, but I just want to tell this person that first off, I see you and I feel you. I have been where you are. Asking for signs is so much fun. It is one of my favorite ways to communicate with our loved ones and have them show up in a very physical way. And I want to say that when you first jump into this practice, it's very, very easy to start questioning yourself. Maybe someone tells you that, oh, your sign from your loved one is seashells, right? And so then instantly... Everywhere you walk, anytime you are by a lake, an ocean, anywhere near water, you're probably constantly searching the ground, looking for a seashell. Maybe you're shopping out and there's beach decor and you see a seashell and we're constantly like, we're seeking it, right? We're seeking it out rather than just letting it happen. And so with this question specifically, my answer would be no. Do you think the sign you just saw you made up in your head to feel better? I think when I was moving through this in the beginning, when I saw a sign and it made me think of my loved one, think of my partner, I immediately just knew. I trusted. But there are moments leading up to when you actually receive a sign where you are questioning yourself. You're like, is this ever going to come? Is this even real? Is he... Does this person, can my loved one even hear me? Like, what am I, am I wasting my time? I keep searching and searching and searching and I'm not, I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling them. I'm not hearing them. 
And it can get really frustrating. And you start questioning yourself, questioning everything, questioning the connection. And I get it. But when it does finally come through, and it made you think of your loved one, I want to say to you, does it matter? Does it matter if you made it up or not? Does it matter if it's real? If in that moment when you saw the sign, whether it was there or it was not, how did you feel? Did it bring you joy? And did it make you smile? I think truly that's all that matters. I had my mentor at one point tell me, you know, I was, I think I was telling her how I'm not sure if I make up what I'm hearing in my head when I'm speaking with my loved one and I'm hearing him clear audiently. And I said, I feel like I'm making it up. And she said, does it matter? Does it matter if you're making it up? Truly. Maybe it does matter. Maybe you want to be validated with the signs. Maybe you want to be told you're not crazy. But at the end of the day, with any of this, if the way that you are finding connection with your loved one now brings you joy, I think that is all that matters. And so to the person who asked this question, when you do see the signs, I want you to just trust. And I want you to let yourself Feel the joy that you may be feeling when it does come up. When you get that little bit of validation from them, just let it be what it is and just enjoy it. And I want you to know that I'm sending you so, so much love as you continue moving through this and the signs will continue to show up for you. You can ask for any sign you want in the world, and I promise that they will continue to show up. And if you need extra validation, ask for something that you can't explain away. Ask for something that you can't make up in your head. There's no possible way. And when it catches you at that moment when you released expecting it, you'll know. You'll know it's them. Okay, I think I kind of expected to receive this next question, and I'm right there with you guys. I feel your need and want for this, and the question was, when you when will you be offering medium readings? And I know I've previously kind of teased this or talked about it in my stories on Instagram and maybe even here on the podcast that I was going to eventually be taking Um practice sessions or um, clients for a donation for medium readings. And I do want to do that at some point in the future. I really am just trying to get into a place with my development of this ability that I am so sure and confident in my skills that I'm comfortable sitting with you all one-on-one. Because when you are giving medium readings, you are typically working with people who are sitting in grief. They're moving through grief, whether it's been 20 years or five minutes. Um, I want to make sure that I am providing the most confident and accurate information that I possibly can to you. And I don't want to 
especially when I'm speaking about your loved one, I don't want you to be unsure. I want the connection to be strong and I want to make sure that I am bringing forward the best, your loved one in the best light. I'm bringing forward your, your loved one in the best light. And, um, and so I am working with my mentor one-on-one monthly on that we're meeting to work on this ability, further develop my, um, connection. And I promise that when I feel strong enough and confident enough in this, I will absolutely let you all know as soon as I can. And I will definitely be taking, um, practice sessions, reading one-on-one with clients, potentially for a donation or for free. Um, so whenever that is available, I will absolutely let you guys know. I'm excited that you guys want this as much as I do and that people are seeking that connection with their loved ones. But in the meantime, please, please think about developing your own connection with them. You don't need to see a medium or sit with me or anyone else to be connected to your loved one in spirit. Of course, it is amazing and it is nice to receive that validation and be able to have back and forth conversation through someone else. But there are so many different ways that we have talked about on this podcast and then also in books that I have referenced. Go back and listen to previous episodes. Um, and you can grow this connection yourself. And that's exactly why I created grief coaching. So if that's something you are seeking, you don't want to wait for medium reading, um, definitely consider signing up for grief, one-on-one grief coaching. It's three sessions to start. Additional sessions are available after the first three, but it's a three-session commitment and we will work together one-on-one in helping you develop your own connection with your loved one and be able to feel their spirit close to you. So that's that for medium readings. The next question I received is more of a personal question. And I had a feeling this one would be asked as well. And I'm totally open to answering it. Uh, This next question is, how has it been dating as a widow? So I don't know that I've spoken on this podcast before about dating or openly mentioned that I was open to dating. I know maybe on Instagram, I've mentioned it here or there on my stories. If you want to know personal information about me, my Instagram stories is where you should go. If you're looking to know more about me personally for whatever reason, which I'm here for it, let's be friends. Um, definitely follow me on Instagram, check out my stories because that's where I'm most active. Um, I definitely share a lot about my grief through posts and reels and things like that. But my day-to-day life is very much just shared in my stories. And I think I like it that way because I know the people I'm closest to watch my stories. Um, and that's where I connect most with people on Instagram. So very much feel free to head over there, check out my stories if you're ever wondering what I'm up to. But I did kind of start opening myself up to the idea of dating back in like September or October of this past year. So 2022. And I briefly went on a dating site. So I think, or, you know, a dating app, I should say. 
Um, I think I signed up for Hinge first. And so I was on Hinge for like maybe two weeks. Okay. This was end of October, moving into November, I believe. And I signed up on Hinge. I was on there for a week or two. And I think I had like four dates scheduled in a week, which is a lot for someone who hasn't been dating for not only the last three years, but hasn't been on a date with someone new in eight years. <laughs> if I look at it like before 2015, um, that's a lot of dates in a week. And yeah, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by the amount of people on the app. I was overwhelmed by the amount of messages that you have to check and answer. I mean, you don't have to answer them, but you know, if you're wanting to make a connection with someone, it's probably a good idea to initiate or, you know, participate in conversation with them. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, I went out on a couple dates and I remember like only one of them going really, really well. And like, I wanted to see that, like, I was interested in seeing the person the next time. I have some really great dating stories, by the way, even just from these couple of dates. And I I was going to make a TikTok about them and I might still do this, but I'll just go ahead and tell you here, tell my podcast fam and they're pretty entertaining. So, um, I went out on a coffee date with a guy his name was Scott. I'll just say their names. I don't care if they're not listening. Um, and we met in East Nashville at a coffee shop and we had a great time. I think we were there for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours chatting. Um, we had a lot in common. He and I spent maybe a good half hour just talking about houseplants because he mentioned to me that he had like 12 to 15 houseplants. And so do I. And, that's usually, that's kind of odd for a man that I've, I mean, at least in my experience, like most men don't have a lot of houseplants or take care of plants. Um, so we spent a good time talking about that. And so I thought the date went great that evening after we went our separate ways that evening, he texted me to ask me out a second time. So obviously I was really excited. Um, And then, of course, I said, yeah, let's do it. And then I waited to hear from him to, you know, like, make plans. And I think a whole week went by, maybe two weeks, didn't hear from him. So at that point, I was like, all right, he just ghosted me. Cool. You know, whatever. Moving on. And then I think a whole another week went by and I got a random text from the same guy. And he says... (laughs) Hey, Elise, I just wanted to let you know that I met someone else and I'm going to pursue that connection. Good luck to you and all of your plants. End of text. (laughs) I nearly died when I read this and I remember it coming through and I, I don't remember if I screenshotted it and texted it to my best friend or I was with her and I read it to her, but she was dying laughing about this because It was like, not only that did he wait three weeks to text me after asking me out a second time, he made that comment, like, good luck to you and your plants, which made me feel really lonely and single AF. (laughs) So that was one date. Another date that was planned, but I unfortunately never got to go on is probably the best, funniest dating story 
I have for you. And I can't even believe this happened still. So I once again had a coffee date set up. I really love coffee. If y'all didn't know, um, coffee dates are my go-to interaction with not only my friends, uh, business relationships, but also potential dating prospects, coffee all the way. I don't want to meet you at a bar for a drink. I don't, I'm not into that lifestyle. Let's meet for a coffee or, you know, go for a hike, something where I can actually sit and have good conversation with you. Anyway, so we're set for an afternoon coffee date on like a Sunday. And I was really into this person. He was very attractive. We had actually talked a couple times on the phone and he had an accent. He was super tall. He had dogs. I was like, check, check, check. Awesome. Can't wait to meet them. And so I'm, I leave my house. I get on the interstate to drive to the coffee shop where I'm going to meet him. And about 30 seconds into my drive, I get rear-ended on the interstate by another vehicle. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. So for whatever reason, on the Sunday afternoon, traffic was nuts. And of course, I immediately go out, assess the damage. Then I messaged him to let him know that, hey, I'm probably not going to make it to the date because I just got rear-ended. And of course, he was super nice about it and was like, no worries. You know, do you need any help? Like he was being so sweet, like offered to come get me or whatever if I needed help. I was like, that's so nice, but no, thank you. And um, he just told me to let him know, you know, when I was done and maybe we can meet up later. So this was a horrible afternoon. I ended up being on the interstate with this, the perpetrator who hit me for like two hours nearly. And the cops never even showed up. They basically told us they're too busy. They're not coming. So just fill out this form online and you're good to go. It's like, great. So I waited out in the cold for two hours for nothing. Um, at this point, it was like close to seven o'clock at night. I was exhausted. I drove back to my house, straight back to my house, never got a coffee, drove straight back to my house and I texted him to let him know I was back and I was done, but I was way too tired and probably not going to want to hang out today. And I was like, but I'm free, you know, I'm free this day. If you want to go out another, another day, like we can reschedule. And he was like, I think he responded like, okay, sure. I'll let you know or something like that. And I was like, okay. And then um, I happened to be texting back and forth with my mom. And I was letting her know that I got into a car accident, as I as I do. And, um, of course, you tell your mom those things. Like, something important happened. Let me call mom and tell her. And so we were texting back and forth. And I told her that I was going to meet someone for coffee. And she asked me, what did he say when you told him that you weren't going to make it or that you wanted to reschedule. And I wrote back to her. He just said, uh, sure, I'll let you know. And then I wrote whatever with like an emoji and, you know, me giving my little like attitude, like, eh, I don't care, whatever. He didn't, re- he didn't really like make official plans with me, whatever. I don't care. You know, just kind of shrugging it off. And instead of the message going to my mother, in our text thread, it went to him. My phone somehow sent this message that I had 1000% typed out 
to my mother and had sent it to him, who I had not texted with in over an hour. And as soon as I realized it happened, I tried to delete the message from our text thread. And of course he saw it. He screenshotted it and then sent it to me and said, what is this? And I tried to explain it away and just tell him, oh, I was telling my mother about the accident and what happened. And and she, he goes, well, I'm so glad that you feel whatever about me. Bye. <laughs> and just like that, he he cut me out. He was like, done. I feel like that was really harsh. Maybe I shouldn't have given that kind of attitude about the whole situation to my mother, even though I was kind of joking. But man, that was rough. And I feel like I just, no matter what I, you know, I think I texted him back to apologize, but he just, I think he blocked me. I was like, that's so lame. And he unmatched me on the app. And after that, I was pretty much done. And I decided that I was just gonna get off the apps and let the universe um, bring me my person. I'd try to like really release control around it. And so since then, um, I've just been living my life and doing what I want to do and hang out with my friends. And if I happen to meet someone awesome, and if I don't, that's okay too. Um, it's a weird thing. I really haven't talked to much family about it aside from like the people closest to me. And I haven't even really discussed it with um, my fiance, Jared's family, aside from like my sister-in-law, who's one of my best friends. So most people don't even know that I'm dating and I haven't really made that step to let them know. So now it's out there. It's on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sure there's many more fascinating and crazy stories where that came from. Okay. This last question is our question that was submitted for intuitive guidance. I kind of wish there had been more intuitive guidance questions, to be honest, because it's really fun for me to tune in and answer these. And I, as I said in the beginning of the episode, I love doing intuitive readings. But this question is from my sweet friend, Katie. Katie asked, um, is moving again the right next step for me? And is there a sense of timeline? So when I tune in and I think about this, Yes, for sure. A move is supported. And I think you know this, but where you are now was not meant to be a permanent space, a permanent home for you. It very much feels like it was always supposed to be temporary. And it feels like if you're planning on selling this home, there for sure is going to be an abundance of profit. And I think I can safely say that too, because I, I know you personally, and I know that you've done some work to your home. Um, but it feels like this was, I think, you know, this, it was a really good investment. And are you, are you planning on moving out of this state? like out of the state that we live in. And obviously I'm asking a question and you can't answer me directly. So you have to, you'll have to message me and let me know. But this feels like an out of state move. Like it feels, I don't know why I'm feeling I'm seeing you like 
uh, more west side of the country. Um, you'll have to let me know if that resonates for you. But as far as timeline, I see you like unpacking boxes in a new home in the early fall. So if you're thinking about selling your home, it feels like maybe uh, early to mid-summer, putting your house on the market, maybe even late spring, putting the house on the market or getting it ready to put on the market. Um, But I know you and I know this home means a lot to you. So that may not be the case, but this definitely feels like a big move if you're planning on um, moving. You'll have to let me know if that resonates for you. And secretly, I hope it does not because I love you and I don't want you to move out of the state. (laughs) Although if you are moving out West, I would love to come visit you there also. So either way is a win for me. (laughs) Okay. That was all the questions I had for you guys today. Thank you so much to those of you who did submit a question. I know it wasn't a lot, but I knew I wasn't going to get through that many of them. Regardless, um, I would love to do this again. As I said, maybe um, once a quarter, a couple times a year, we could sit down and have this little chatty back and forth Q&A type episode. In the next couple weeks through April, we're going to be having a lot more guests on the show, probably quite a few guest episodes in a row. I may switch it up and add in a couple of solo episodes here and there if you guys prefer kind of that format going back and forth. I like that as well. It gives me a chance to um, give you life updates or talk about specific grief things without having to be on and interviewing someone. Um, Although I love having those conversations as well, of course. As always, if you are tuning in, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know a lot of it this week was me just babbling once again, so I appreciate you being here. And as I think I previously mentioned, I am still open to booking more guests for end of spring into summer. So if you are someone who works as an energy worker, maybe you are working with people in grief as a psychiatrist or something on that spectrum, or you are just someone who has had a significant experience moving through your grief, I would love to hear from you. These would be probably sessions, recording sessions in May and June. So if that's something you are interested, feel free to shoot me an email at intuitivelyelise at gmail.com. And as always, if you just want to connect or see my day-to-day on my Instagram stories, you can give me a follow on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to hit that follow the plus sign button so you don't miss another episode. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and your weekend ahead. Talk to you soon. Bye.